Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your year? My year was uh, an abomination. Let's, <laughs> so if you take the sum total of every single week we've been here talking about how horrible everything is. So it's like the, uh, the area is. under the curve, the, the area, first derivative the first, of each week. Yes. Divided by the square root of no... <laughs> two. So it was asymptotically a- approaching the Zero. worst. Zero. Okay. Yes. Well, we're going to break it down for you. This is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. I know what you want. Oh, sure, they may have tried to separate us, but what we have is too strong. It's too powerful. I mean, after all, we shared everything, you and I. I told you my deepest, darkest secrets. My name is no, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go, you need to let it go, need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, this is a very, very special episode. This is the first, it's not the first anniversary, but it's the first full year that we've done this week in Nope 2018, yes. and we could not conceive of a worse year. <laughs> I we, mean, we picked the last right year. good year to start a podcast, <laughs> that's right. So what we're going to do here is we're going to break down the absolute worst stories, which is to say the favorite stories that we talked about. These are the ones we got the best feedback on. Yes. The most ridiculous, the most outrageous. And it was really hard to come up with these. Like, <laughs> we had we like had... 75 <laughs> stories. And we, we didn't even do any Trump stories because this is, oh, sorry. This is our December. We we're adhering Trump to- Trump-free. This is, uh, we're not mentioning individual number one. We, these are all the other horrible things that happened this year. We're on a cleanse because he has overshadowed all of the other horrible things. And, and people tend to forget there are so many other terrible, terrible things that happen, and we are here to remind you of them. We're here to educate and inform. <laughs> this is a public service. We do this as a labor of love. Now, there are so many different things. We had to divide them into categories, and we realized when we were looking at these categories, there are certain things that we are experts in. These, yes. These, people see. <laughs> our advice, really. They seek our advice. We talk at conferences. TED we... Talks. We're on the speaker circuit for these things. And Rachel, tell us what are these topics that people look to us for guidance on? <laughs> the topics are fashion, food, innovation, politics, animals, <laughs> insaniacs, and of course, crimes. <laughs> so insaniacs is just crazy people who do crazy things. Yes. Okay. Well, that's a good catch-all category. Okay. So we didn't have a really a category to put these people in. We use the phrase insaniacs. These are people who are just beyond description. <laughs> who do I categorize <laughs> stupid na- fucking bananas things. And we had to put some of them in here because what? What year end would be complete without some insaniacs? So, um, Rachel, we have just a few insaniac stories to wrap up this podcast. Why don't you start? So this story was in the New York Times, and it definitely is deserving of a Pulitzer (laughs) Prize. It's about a guy named Nick Burchill, who's a 49-year-old salesman from Nova Scotia. And 17 years ago, he was banned from the Fairmont Hotel in British Columbia, um, because he brought with him to the hotel some spicy pepperoni <laughs> in his suitcase because it was a specialty, and he wanted <laughs> and he wanted to give it to some friends. Wait, I have an update. I just stayed at the Fairmont, Washington D.C., and I had a summer sausage. <laughs> How was it? A very large one, and probably the you know it could be smelled by. Animals that had super smells. I'm I'm surprised that they're even serving that. That's so daring. <laughs> no, so I okay. I'm I I commiserate with this gentleman until you tell the rest of the story, okay, which I sort when of when you're remember. in the Fairmont, you want you just want sausage. Well, you want his sausage. <laughs> okay. So um, okay, so the room had no refrigeration, so he puts the pepperoni near an open window to keep it cool because he wants it to be chilled when he sees. Who his among friends. us would not do that? <laughs> For the safety, for, nothing else for the safety of the pepperoni. Right. So then he goes for a walk. <laughs> and he <laughs> he returned a little while later, and there were 40 seagulls that had flown into the room and had been eating the pepperoni. And they got diarrhea. <laughs> and they were vomiting and having diarrhea everywhere. <laughs> And if that wasn't bad enough, Nick Burchill decided that instead of calling housekeeping, he was going to take this on himself. So he opened up all the windows and most of the birds (laughs) left of their own accord. 
but <laughs> not was, all. Not one all. of them was a straggler, you know, that last <laughs> guest at the party that won't leave. So he threw a shoe at it, and the shoe and the bird went flying out the window, which is great. But the problem <laughs> is that it was tea time at the hotel, and so the dead bird and a shoe went flying. <laughs> yelled the bird? <laughs> to someone's head. There's new details here. I was and not so aware of that. He ran out to get the shoe, which was all wet. <laughs> he brought it back into his room. With like the, seagull blood? And he put the hair dryer on to dry the shoe, and the phone ran. <laughs> the hair dryer fell into the sea. <laughs> and knocked the power out. <laughs> the whole hotel? Sent down. No, nothing more need be said about this. <laughs> okay, that's in the running for best nope of the year. No, here's another insane hack I'm going to talk about. This comes from Australia, where we have some fans and relatives. Police were called <laughs> into a Masonic lodge or church and there was a pipe organ and they found it damaged beyond repair what happened to <laughs> well funny you should ask um the weird part is that all around this damaged beyond repair pipe organ were cheeseburgers and cheeseburger wrappers they were strewn yeah. throughout and then they investigated further and they found a man curled up inside the pipe organ inside yes <laughs> Um, was he eating cheeseburgers inside of it? Well, more <laughs> more is to come. So um, there were also Johnny Walker bottles, which is one of the things we're drinking that today. We okay. don't always drink that. So right? cause and effect. <laughs> <laughs> Correlation is not causation. And it turned out upon later investigation that he was going to distribute the cheeseburgers to the poor. Very virtuous. But, <laughs> but he drank the whiskey and wound up drunk. In the pipe organ. Has <laughs> not tried to distribute cheeseburgers. And wound up in a pipe organ. That is not the end. He was also naked. <laughs> Again, I say, who among us? And he was also found with a remote control police car and a toy gun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That. And when asked why this at all occurred, he said it was because he just got out of a 16-year relationship. Okay. <laughs> now, we've all had hard breakups. And I've done some stupid things. And yet, I've kept my clothes on. I've stayed out of pipe organs. <laughs> it's hard to stay out of pipe organs. They, it's hard nowadays. That's where one goes. They suck you in. Yeah. It's like a succubus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's that insaniac that's that. story. Do you have another one? I have one more. These yeah. are my favorites. Well, Actually, yeah. these are the we, – we, we buried the lead here. These are the best ones. Yes. I think this story was in the New York Post, which is a source of many of many our, our no <laughs> My first read of the day. So there was a, um, a Russian woman who was living in Brooklyn who was indicted for attempted murder after she poisoned another woman who looked like her <laughs> with a cheesecake and stole her identity. Wait, I need the backstory. <laughs> I remember the I remember the punchline of this, but I do not remember the details. So please. So um, okay, so the woman's name is Victoria Nazarova. And she started visiting the victim's house. The victim was 35, and she lived in Queens. And she presented her – she got to know her and then presented her with cheesecake as Wait, a What gift. was her motivation? I don't know. Like, we look alike. Let's, <laughs> let's hang out. I don't know. <laughs> Nonsense. Yes. Continue. So, but so the victim accept, not only accepted the cheesecake but ate it. <laughs> okay. Fell ill laid down and passed out. And the last thing she <laughs> remembers is Victoria Nazarova sitting beside her. <laughs> and she she was found, the victim, she survived, and she was found the next day. She was in bed wearing lingerie. And Wait, surrounded. was she wearing the lingerie when she started? No, no. <laughs> she was just put in the not lingerie. She was put in the lingerie, and she was surrounded by pills 
a scene that made it look like she had attempted suicide and she was taken to the hospital. When all she had done is eaten cheesecake (laughs) from her doppelganger. (laughs) Yes. And so this woman had tried to steal her passport and assume her identity after feeding her poison cheesecake. Oh, so that was the motive. The motive. Okay, because they looked alike. She thought she'd kill her. Yes. Under cheesecake <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> and then take her passport and assume her identity. Yes. Was this related to Putin? Was she an associate of Putin? Was this a, a, a collusion? Like Maria Butina? Butina, yeah. It could have been. I don't know. We don't know. This hasn't Kiss come out off. yet. Was, was this in the Mueller investigation? This has not come out yet, this but has I been will tell you, this is a thread that <laughs> Robert Mueller, if you're listening, You're not doing your job if you do not investigate <laughs> this. No, no, shut it down. That story. Woo, okay, okay. last Insaniac else? story. Yeah, I'm going to tell you about a 28-year-old woman named Tatiana, Tatiana, another Russian name. <laughs> <laughs> Russian's gone wild. Uh, she's a out drinking with her friends and uh, the group, you know, sometimes you're out drinking, you meet other people. She's out. She met a 41 year old named Jessica and she invited her back to her apartment because, you know, you go out and you're like, oh, we're going back to our place. Yeah, Come you go back. Go where the night takes you. Yeah, exactly. But Throw as Jack Donaghy says, wind. never go with a hippie to a second location. Oh. About Carrie Fisher. Uh huh. Late departed. Um, so invited her back to her apartment. She came and uh, the guest, Jessica, started demanding cigarettes, not drugs, but just cigarettes. Cigarettes, like really like violently, and, right, and she was a monster. She was like a party monster. And so Tatiana, the she had regrets. Woman, immediately. She had regrets. She's like, why did I invite <laughs> this insaniac to my apartment? And she asked her to leave. And <laughs> Jessica, the guest, pounced on her, pulled her to the floor by her hair, and bit off her nose. That is extreme. That is a that is overreaction. Yeah, if she, I, ever I mean, heard of she one. might have been on drugs, but if she was on drugs, she would have been asking for more drugs, right? She just wanted a cigarette. Yeah, that's the problem with the nanny state with cigarette tax. That's why cigarettes cost twenty dollars in New York City, right? right? So, um, this so, woman would have a nose. <laughs> <laughs> there would still be a nose on this woman. So, Jessica, she was in a mugshot. She's covered with blood, and here's the Shonda. She was let out on bail for a thousand dollars that's not even gonna pay for no she's a threat to humanity she's a threat to noses everywhere (laughs) she's a Put her in Hannibal no, Lecter mask. Hannibal Lecter mask. The fashion. She should be manacled. She should walk the runway in Milan. It, yes, in a straight jacket <laughs> and a Hannibal Lecter mask. No, no, so no. Just if you don't invite random people you meet to your house and don't give them cigarettes and don't let them bite your nose off. And if they do, sentence them to. 20 years minimum sentencing in jail. No, no. bail for them. No, no, there needs to be a change in nose-biting sentencing guidelines. Rachel, our next topic that we are experts in is... Food. Food. We love to eat food. We love to talk about food. We are experts in food. And yet here we are in the capital, the world capital of food, New York City, and we are just stymied by a persistent problem. In fact, I think the number one topic that we talked about the entire year... Is food. Not just food. Salad. Not just salad. Romaine lettuce. Romaine lettuce was our number one topic of the year. We actually did a little count. Yes. And we talked about romaine lettuce more than anything like else. 80 times. <laughs> 80 times. Rachel, can you give us a little recap of the the, of the, so of the year in the, romaine? The broader theme is just that we really do try to live healthfully. We all do. But we cannot. We cannot. We do not deserve healthy things. No. And romaine lettuce is the finest of all the leafy greens. It's it a is delicious a pro- lettuce. Arugula is also very nice, but it's a little spicy sometimes. It overwhelms. You may not want it every day. Romaine Romaine is is a little sweet and crisp and toothsome and al dente. It's fantastic. It's a great everyday lettuce. Yes. But then in May, <laughs> that poisoned us. <laughs> we had the first romaine lettuce panic of the year. There were people in 16 states, and this is just as we were getting ready to go to the beach, and the weather was warming That's up. That's right. Yeah, and, you it know, was people... part of our. Ha- we went to the Hamptons, the beach for yes. the summer, and and uh, here we were. 
<laughs> unable to eat salad. Unable to go because of our romaine addiction. <laughs> and so people in 16 states got infected with E. coli that was transmitted from romaine. But people were like, oh, don't worry. It's only from romaine that was grown in Yuma, Arizona. And how the hell How do you know where know? your romaine was grown? No. You can't go into like the, the chopped or just salad and say, excuse me, where was your romaine grown? They don't know. They don't know. It doesn't have a passport. From everywhere. No. That's <laughs> a Came over the wall. (laughs) Right. Came through the slats. The beautiful slats. (laughs) So (laughs) in November, just as we were getting comfortable eating romaine again, we got a push notification from the Centers for Disease Control saying that romaine in any form should be avoided. Not just not just when you get the romaine. Like, it could be in a field green mix, which is the the monster. It's the the dregs of the lettuce you, of the lettuce <laughs> kingdom. <laughs> you can field mix, spring mix. What is in that? And there's always this one sad romaine sad, lettuce like leaf. Like piece black. of lettuce. It's, it's always a red leaf or Boston bib. Like, get rid of that no, shit. No, we don't want it. No, I want single source. I want like, like, like <laughs> what's it called with whiskey? <laughs> oh, single barrel? I want single barrel. Yeah, I want, I want clean virgin yes. romaine. Yes. Yes. But we cannot have that. No, we cannot have it. And we cannot have it in any form. <laughs> and you found out in the scariest way. You were at Dos Toros. It was horrible. And, and I love Dos Toros. you almost ordered it. And you almost died. <laughs> they and tried they, to order it. And, they, and like a, a siren went off. <laughs> the like person a five behind alarm the counter started screaming. <laughs> jumping and, out the window on 48th Street. <laughs> so Romaine is, um, no. No. We, we can't have nice things. No, but they tried to integrate it into our into our culture. That's right. I mean, they... They they added a um, an emoji, right? Didn't they have an emoji that was yes. a, that was a salad? Well, well, there's there's <laughs> there's more salads that I wanted to talk. about. <laughs> okay, I was just wait. So to be clear here, this is not a well planned podcast. What we did was we went down. Here's behind the scenes insights. Here we went down. We looked at the show notes for all the shows, and we like scribbled down on a piece of note paper all the ones that we thought were particularly funny that people thought were funny, and um, then we and, categorized. And them. then we categorized them, and that's it. Like we didn't really plan <laughs> we didn't do very any much. Research, so, so we may not remember this accurately. We may Let not, us know if, if we're, we're telling faltering. the story completely we have wrong. No, this is the most improvised we've ever been. So tell me more about the salads. <laughs> So amidst all the chaos of romaine, certain salad chains decided to stop chopping. Oh, this was the this was the nadir. This was, <laughs> this was yes. terrible. And you know, at, at certain times in the year, I've had a desk job and I love <laughs> having a sad desk salad. Yes. And what makes it slightly happier it's is having chopped. it chopped because yeah. all of the ingredients are evenly distributed. Yes. And it's, Doug doesn't like them because he thinks it's like a like a Slurpee. Well, that's right? that's when know. it's chopped too much. Yes, and but I it's have a very fine once line. ordered it's a, a straw <laughs> to go with my chopped salad. But um, certain chains like Just Salad, which I hate. Yes. Um, but you love chopped. I love chopped. So Just Salad said the chopping salads was chopping into their margins, so they decided to cease with the practice, and that was just horrible because people went there expecting to be able to chop, it's, and then they couldn't chop. It's deceptive chop. advertising. Yes. It was not as advertised. But so then I did some boots on the ground reporting for my friend <laughs> from my friend who I went to her baby shower, and she actually works at Chopped, and I found out that Chopped will never stop chopping. She said we will never stop she chopping. She said our name is Chopped, and we will never stop chopping. So Chopped is where we have continued to go. Thank God. Thank but, God. Like that's a lost art form. Someone's going to bring that back. Someone's going to make a billion dollars by bringing back chopped. I chopped salads. I hope you do extremely well. Yes, I take all of the market share. <laughs> okay, all of it. Um, okay, and so then. Back to what you were talking about, the technology, sal- the representation of salad. Yes. How could we possibly communicate without a salad emoji? You cannot. You cannot write the word salad. No, that in would this be modern, onerous. No, in this onerous. modern age of communication, we need 
an emoji to express ourselves or else we we cannot speak. No. So um so Google is known as one of the most inclusive companies. <laughs> they include every <laughs> Di- Yes, diversity bro. and inclusion um Right. Uh, they included decided, romaine. They decided over the summer to that they were removing an egg from their salad emoji <laughs> to be inclusive to vegans. Oh yes, because it was offensive to have an egg in. Yes. A, oh, as an, it wasn't part of a salad emoji. No, it was, it was part just an of egg. the salad. There was a salad emoji, and the salad had an egg in it. How many salads have an egg? Like a niçoise? No, it was it was a completely inappropriate salad. It's a gratuitous salad. egg. Yeah. Like, who wants an egg on no, their salad? There was no other It wasn't meat. an egg it salad. It wasn't a cob. It no. wasn't, no. no. It, it just had an egg in it, which is a bigger problem than the inclusivity <laughs> issue. But <laughs> we the, need some standards when it comes to salads. Right. And, and the, representation thereof. Right. So, I mean, so Google, as we know, there was a walkout <laughs> of women at like 20 of your global offices and- Appropriately. Bigger problem, and it wasn't because of this emoji, but it could have <laughs> been. Could've, it should have been. Could have been, <laughs> but you know, it was about the trillion dollar payouts <laughs> to sexually harassing executives, and that's what you should be focused on—not eggs no, and salad emojis. No, no, no. Are we done with salads? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we do not deserve nice things. We do not deserve to be healthy. One of the few healthy things that we have is Lacroix water. People say Lacroix, but I think it's Lacroix. Lacroix. Actually, it was yeah. a throwback that you know. It was came like it's like a hundred year old com- yeah. company that like came back and so forth, and everyone loves their pomplemousse and so forth until we learned about the management of this company. And it turns out the CEO of this company is like this ninety five year old <laughs> CEO. Maybe maybe that's right. Eighty five. Like eighty four. Eighty four. Okay, eighty four. And um, what's unusual about him? The first thing is that he pilots the corporate jet by himself, like. Like he's the the pilot, which is pretty right. remarkable, right? So I guess micromanaging, you do everything in the company, he pilots <laughs> the jet. But he also has a co-pilot. I think you have to, right? Right. And what we learned this year and on this weekend, nope, is that he had a proclivity for fondling the co-pilot, the male co-pilots. And, while in uh, air. While in air by like creeping his fingers up their thigh and grasping their package. When there's nowhere to go. <laughs> right. And that's the main point. It's like, where do you go? <laughs> like you can't like you can't like you can't run away. No, there's nowhere to go. It's like enforced hugging yeah. at uh, Ted Baker. <laughs> like he, no. in the hug zone. There's nowhere to go. So this posed a real problem for us because we are LaCroix drinkers. We are avid LaCroix drinkers. Other than the bourbon and scotch that we drink, it is our secondary drink of choice. It's our signature water. (laughs) It's our signature water. But not anymore. Not anymore. We are now drinking Polar, which is like the hobo version of LaCroix, the OG. But LaCroix now, this is an update. This is new material here. Polar has introduced some new flavors. I'm drinking hibiscus Cloudberry. Cloudberry is not. I don't a know thing. what a cloudberry is. It's a word. It's a nonsense marketing <laughs> word that they made up. No, just polar. No, Lacroix should self-implode on its own. We're not buying no, it this, anymore. The CEO should fire himself. The board should fire, fire the CEO. Him. But I think and- he probably could, like Mark Zuckerberg. He probably controls the board, so he can't fire. They can't fire him. He can't fire himself, and he's going to go on groping. God, no, never stop chopping. Never stop groping. It's terrible. Right. We can't what, have nice. Things. What Lacroix should do is they should expand into other verticals. They should see what the market really wants. And you know what the market really wants is my passion, not just ranch dressing, which I've talked about a lot, but everything bagel seasoning. Yes. Yes. I found this at Trader Joe's and a little update here. I subsequently found a knockoff product at Whole Foods as yes, well, which is Amazon. So it's, it's proliferating. It's like triffids. It's proliferating now. There's everything bagel hummus. There's everything bagel And who would everything. love this? It's salt, poppy, sesame. I love this stuff. It's a pleasing combination. It's a pleasing combination. I think it might have been my yup, but Rachel, you over overruled me <laughs> with enough because yeah. no, because it's really being applied to things that it shouldn't be applied to. I mean, if right. you want to put it on a bagel, that's great. And maybe like what else what else is okay for it to go on? Cream cheese? based products like dairy based things but it should not be on a salad do not maybe. put it on romaine in a soup maybe no. <laughs> no. as a garnish for a soup people are going to 
untold extremes to try to attract people <laughs> with bizarre food items. And Rachel, you yes. found even more, right? Yes, there's there's an everything bagel cocktail at um, the aviary, which I talked <laughs> last talk week about the aviary cocktail book, which had a 10-page <laughs> recipe for a Bloody Mary involving... Right, and they basically yeah. have like smoking cocktails in a pillowcase that like suffocates you. Well, that's what this is. It's a pillow <laughs> cocktail where you shove your head into a pillow like you're some kind of hostage to a foreign regime and then they or release... a party to a very strange sexual maybe encounter. yes and then they release this gas that is everything bagel seasoning in a gas form who wouldn't want that for 38 dollars delicious you, I, I would never that's i can think of no better way to spend 38 dollars. you inhale the gas and then you drink your and then you suffocate, and then, and when you're dead, they embalm you with the cocktail. Yes. <laughs> no, that's that's a bridge too far for me. No. Okay, Rachel, uh, can you think of any other topics that we uh, food topics before well, yeah. we wrap this segment yes, up? Yes, I want to talk about um, water pickles. <laughs> water There's pickles. There's always new, innovative food pickles. items cropping up on the hottest. And menus. everyone's pickling everything. Everyone's- it's hipster, like radishes and eggs and beets and yes. whatnot. Right. The problem with water. Water pickles <laughs> is that they are ice. <laughs> They're just <laughs> and ice. <laughs> Danny Bowen of Mission Chinese, which is that restaurant that you cannot get into. Yes, of course not, because they have the hottest water pickles. The hottest water pickles. They're um, it's an eight dollar bowl of ice that is sprinkled with smoked habanero, caraway, and hibiscus, and you can order it on Seamless, and people are. Posting comments like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> Doesn't it melt if you it, order it on seamless and it and gets it's just to you? like this like cloudy Is mixture. there any pickling element? Are there pickling spices in it? Well, Danny Bowen said that he wanted the dish to be a play on water kimchi. What the fuck is water, water kimchi? kimchi. I don't is it know. kimchi or not? Is it just diluted kimchi? kimchi? The kimchi that they like dunked in like water? Kimchi is cabbage. It's pickled cabbage. Yes. And, no... and the, we, the Jews, had that for 500 years. We, and we love the Koreans. We love the kimchi. We don't want... We don't want your water pickles, your water kimchi. No. no. You know what we do <laughs> like? We, this is our final item. Here, this was something that like sent the entire island nation continent of Australia into a frenzy, almost to the point of uh, we just talked about this a few weeks ago, almost to the point of riots like the yellow jackets in, <laughs> in Paris. France. That's yes. right. So this is about the sausage sizzle. There's a huge scandal in Australia where um, instead of the problem when you they love their sausages and they eat their sausages on Wonder Bread, and the problem is that you. Put the onions on top of the sausages, and they have these sausage festivals in front of hardware stores. <laughs> yeah, <it's true. laughs> I'm, it's I'm skipping some steps here, but go back and listen to the original, which is in episode 53. <laughs> so, so the hardware store made a rule that you needed to put the onions underneath the sausage, which does kind of make sense. Um, and they call it a sausage sizzle, which right, is part of the Australian Right, they were afraid cult. someone was going to slip that the onion placed on top was more likely to fall on the floor. <laughs> it was like an OSHA rule and, or something. And, right. 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 So, of course, all of Australia went bonkers. This became like a human rights issue now. It and became an identity issue. It became, and I really, I'm like, who, you cannot who define me. <laughs> who are we really as a people, <laughs> as, if we, as if a nation? <laughs> if we don't put onions on top of our sausages. No, it's terrible. And that triggered an entire questioning of who we are with respect to meats and bread. So <laughs> more recently then, so there, there became a movement to eat your hamburgers upside down, which is not you're hanging upside down, but you actually take the hamburger with the round top part on the top and you actually eat it with the round top on the bottom so that the juices soak into it. It has more structural integrity. Oh, right. This was based on scientific research. Right, which was a drunk girl in London who made a YouTube video about this, and then it spread virally around the world. So I see an erosion of standards here. This is what's problem with the world today, right? It's yes. like one person, one hardware store, one drunk girl in London has something to say about how you should eat your meat, you know, symmetrically with respect to the the four dimensions, the five dimensions of the world, and suddenly everyone's in a freaking, you know, melee about how we should be doing this. Just we need eat. to verify our sources and <laughs> just not eat amplify it the normal nonsense. way. Just eat it all the normal way. That was one of the worst food stories of the year. No, shut all these down. Those are our food stories. We are experts. Call us if you want to know more. Yes.
The next topic that we are experts in is innovation and technology. We've had some really great guests about technology, right? We oh, had yes. uh, Lauren Good and uh, Walt Mossberg. They're experts. Carrie Flynn. Carrie Flynn was fantastic. And uh, now we want to revisit uh, uh, just maybe three of the, the top technology stories, the things that really sent us boiling. You were <laughs> spiraling, <laughs> spiraling into descent of grief and right. anger and despair. So, you know, just around Thanksgiving, when we were thinking about cooking, we learned of a new technique that requires the abandonment of all utensils. Who could not? This is an innovation. <laughs> this is not millennials. <laughs> Who do not own can openers and therefore are abandoning canned tuna. Well, it might be for them. They don't need anything okay. for this technique. Well, let's, let's revisit this. I remember this <laughs> item. It's called mouth cooking. <laughs> right. That's right. That's and, right. And um, it's from a YouTube video series. From, Another one. Yes. From a character named Reva Godfrey. She a character or a human? She considers a person. herself the barefoot contessa of mouth cooking. And she shows how to cook a turkey in her mouth. <laughs> Old turkey. So, like in pieces, or like shoving the whole turkey in your mouth. So it's um, it's like all of the ingredients get like pre-chopped. Is it like a like a mama bird that chews the ingredients yes. and then spits it into the baby's mouth? It's very similar to the Alicia Silverstone feeding <laughs> technique. I don't know if you remember. No, but I that's did not remember she, that. Nor have I ever. She, I do not. Not only not remember that. I've never been exposed to that. Nor do I want to know children. about that. Um, the bird technique. But other than her, I don't know if any human has ever tried this. <laughs> well, now they have. Innovation. Apparently, it's a thing. It's a thing. So so this woman, Reva Godfrey, would, you know, she peeled the onion, then bit into it like an apple, chewed it up, and then spit it oh, into a bowl. And that's how she oh. made the stuffing. With, put an egg in her mouth, swooshed it around. And people are really doing – this isn't some novelty thing. People are following, subscribing to this and doing it. Listen – I don't know who's doing it. I just know it's Did a you thi- do it for your Thanksgiving? I, I would never do I this. I talked about our wonderful brisket Thanksgiving. You had your standard issue turkey. turkey. No, nothing, was, nothing was cooked in anybody's mouth, to the best of my knowledge. However, I do feel like that people are influenced by these stories. They are. There is a risk of people cooking <laughs> things in their mouth. Do not do it. Do, do not, not do it. <laughs> no. And if someone invites you to go to a Thanksgiving dinner where it's being cooked in your mouth, there is an alternative. <laughs> That we covered on This Week in Nope, and we will tell you about now. Do not show up. Do not show up. Do not show up. There is a way to be polite and have your presence known, but not actually be there. Yes. And that is (laughs) I remember this very well. um, Yes. MIT scientists have developed a solution for events (laughs) such as a cooking in your mouth Thanksgiving that you would like to be at, but not really. Yes. So what you do is you go on TaskRabbit- And you hire a person to be your stand-in. They come to your house and you strap an iPad onto their face. And then they go to the event and you are transmitting a FaceTime or Google Hangout So you're human Uber. So there's a human walking around with an iPad on their face. With your face. With your face on it, talking to your relatives who may or may not be cooking food in their mouths. And you can see everything that they see. Why and would it's you just not like- do this? That's fabulous. <laughs> this is the best idea I've ever heard. I don't know why we nope this. This is fantastic. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it could be helpful for us. I mean, us. I've had some recent interactions with parts of families that I would happily have done this for. Yeah, you know, I wonder if you can do this with a job. <laughs> you not even show up for your job or a job interview. Or you can send a human <laughs> Uber to your job every day. But and- also, like, if you're self-conscious about your body, you could hire a model with, like, a fucking fitness model who's, yeah. like, really hot but with your face. All right. So this is a <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, this is all about everything in technology is about the interaction between the robotics, the artificial intelligence, and the human. So there's one development that uh, we talked about this year, episode 47, which um, brings a little bit more of the human touch back to the automatic. So we all have iPhones or similar. So they released this year a... <laughs> I don't know how to even describe this. A finger. <laughs> I don't know if it's if it's a detached human figure or finger or like a, a robotic robotic fin- finger. But it looks like a human yes, finger. Yes, that attaches to your iPhone and <laughs> I guess it strokes you. 
Yeah, it's and a it, way for your technology to touch you back. Touch you back, which gives you an an intimate feeling so that you're not as detached <laughs> from the real world. So, so maybe if you're looking for your... So, I don't know, Rachel, you had this item. You, you found it. <laughs> well, it's it. also like if your phone is ringing, it's like um, programmed so that it'll like crawl to you <laughs> across the table find and, and find you like, like um, Cousin, Cousin It, it <laughs> from... <laughs> The Adam's family. The, the Adam's family, yes. <laughs> okay, that's a great idea. That's wonderful. Okay, we keep coming up with these fantastic... So, look at these, so many innovations These are fantastic. They could do a lot of things. You could attach that to your human Uber. <laughs> so that in addition, when, when you shake hands, right. there could be a little stroke of well, the finger. Also, the, the person you hire to be your stand-in as your human Uber might not want to go to the Thanksgiving that is cooked in someone's mouth <laughs> so they can just sort of touch things with their or with put their it in their mouth finger. no no, no. <laughs> they they put the food in their mouth and then put the finger in to like scrape it out or or, or put their finger down their throat and vomit yes there's so many uses for all of these different innovations no no, no it's a bridge too far this is terrible no, no that's our innovation there's been no good innovation this year Nothing. shut it shut down, it down. Okay, Rachel, the next topic that we are experts on is politics. And I'm not talking about national politics, about individual number one. I am talking about local politics, which is where things really happen. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite uh, stories of the year happened in Nevada. And uh, this is where we saw the rise of pimp politics. And uh, this is a story that we covered two or three different times over the course of the year (laughs) as there were popping up. There were were developments throughout the year. This is a man named Dennis Hoff. Uh, This is the story of his rise and fall and resurrection. Like Jesus. (laughs) Just like Jesus Christ, our savior, but Dennis Hoff. He is a pimp. He is someone who runs brothels in Nevada, the like bunny ranches. Um, He models himself after Donald Trump, just like the art of the deal, or he is the art of the pimp. Art of the pimp. He art wrote a book called The Art of the he Pimp. He wrote a book to The Art of the Pimp, and uh, he basically modeled himself after him and decided that he was going to run for office. He was going to run for the Nevada State Assembly. And, a very uh, demanding job. <laughs> right. Part-time in Carson City, <laughs> wherever he had to go. Um, so he was running, and he was running ahead in the polls. And uh, so this was the story. We said, okay, it's crazy that this guy is running, right? He had an HBO special about him. Right. So, and it was like he was poised for a landslide victory. Right for a landslide. <laughs> and then he had his 72nd birthday party leading up into the election, and he died. He died. It was such a good party, though. <laughs> what a party. I mean, if you're going to die, do it after your party, right? Yeah. So he died after, no doubt, some combination of drugs and prostitution. And the guests at the parties were very notable. Oh, it was, this was uh, a guest list to end all guest <laughs> lists. Sheriff Joe Arpaio was there. <laughs> yes. Recently pardoned. And uh, Grover Norquist, the anti-tax at- activist. And, and uh, um, porn star Ron Jeremy, Ron the Jeremy. hedgehog. That's yes. right. Of course. Who could, What a, a esteemed what a, group. What a menagerie. <laughs> so he dropped dead at this party afterwards. And it was before the election. And uh, we thought that was the end of the story. And then we reported on this after the election, and it turned out that he remained on the ballot after he died, and yet he still won. He won. By <laughs> so, a lot. By a lot. So I don't know what the rules are here, but he's basically been elected to the Nevada State Assembly, and he's, he's dead. dead. It's like a weekend at Bernie's situation. <laughs> right. So I guess the moral of the story here is that Residents of Nevada would rather elect a dead pimp than, <laughs> than a, Democrat. a Democrat. Right. So we well have a done. lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do here. Yes. This is what happens. This is the state of local politics. Everyone says, okay, well, maybe at the federal level things are cockamamie, fakakta, but at least people elect virtuous local people. No, you're no. electing a dead pimp. This is the thing that starts <laughs> from this. And when you're electing dead pimps on the local level, of course we have Donald Trump as the president. Right. And and this is not the only example of this coming from the the great west of yes. our country. Oh God, this one was <laughs> this crazy. one was this was <laughs> I think personally, I think this may be my favorite story of the year. <laughs> it was good, yeah. <laughs> this is about an Arizona <laughs> candidate for the Arizona State Senate. Um, and his name is Bobby Wilson. And uh, he ran a church group and his theme was Guns for Good Guys. And uh, he told this story about the fact that 
there was a crazed attacker in his bedroom, and he killed them in self-defense. And it turned out that the crazed attacker was his mother. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we got to dig deep into this story. So um, the... (laughs) If you I did not do the primary research on this, I, re, I relied upon, you know, reputable journalistic <laughs> reporting on journalism. this. That's right. So um, it showed that, yes, his mother was, in fact, killed and his sister also died that night. And he then was taken in. He confessed. But then he retracted his confession, saying that he had amnesia. And here's the story that finally came out. His mother (laughs) was deranged and was a, quote, fugitive hiding out in the backwoods of Oklahoma. I don't know how she got back to Arizona, but she did. She he was sleeping. She came in. She shot at him while he was sleeping. Then she swung the gun to the sister and bashed the, the, the sister in the head. And then and she died. And then he, Bobby Wilson, shot the sister and the bullets ricocheted off of her and into containers of gasoline <laughs> <laughs> that he was keeping Inside in his, his house. That in he his was bedroom. keeping in his bedroom. Why? Because it was the quote coolest place in the house in Arizona. <laughs> in Arizona. Now I don't know if you meant like coolest by temperature or coolest like the hippest place in the house. Yeah, it was well like, designed. Have, like beads on the door. I don't. Know, Greg beads. I don't know. So he turned on the light, and then there was some sort of spark. And the house exploded. And he jumped out. (laughs) No, he was blown out of the window. (laughs) And he was unconscious and he was taken to the hospital. And this is the story that unraveled. I don't know what happened to him. I I haven't done the follow-up That's why he says he has amnesia. That's why he says the amnesia because he was blown out of the house. (laughs) That's right. This only only in Republican politics in Arizona could this happen. And honestly, the story is so weird, it's probably true. I, I mean, I kind of just don't believe that the mother was shooting at him first. I don't know. I she was like a fugitive I, in the backwoods of Oklahoma and the poor sister and the sparks the from the light. Si- the no, this is totally tragedy. believable. I'm I'm all in on this story. Bobby Wilson, you deserve uh you deserve a second chance. I'm going to vindicate did, did you. Did he win the election? I don't know. I'll look it up. Brian, <laughs> we need to know the beginning, no, we, we middle, and We pride ourselves end. on our follow-up, but I failed on this point. We have one more candidate, one more wacko candidate yes. that, Rachel, you brought up. Yeah. So over the summer, there was an Ohio special election that was hotly contested. A Democrat Danny O'Connor was running against a Republican named Troy Balderson, and Balderson won by less than one point. But it was the Green Party candidate who sabotaged the whole thing for the oh, Democrats. Like Jill Stein. Like, right. Jill Stein. And this candidate is named Joe Manchick, different Not than Joe, Joe Manchin. <laughs> and uh, he got almost a full percentage point of the vote. And who and is Joe it. Manchick? That swung it. <laughs> Tell me about Joe Manchick. Okay. So I went on his Facebook page <laughs> and it said, I am a Green Party candidate for the United States House of Representatives in Ohio's 12th Congressional District. More about me. My distant relatives originally came to planet Earth from a planet orbiting a star in the Pleiades star cluster located in the constellation of Taurus. Wait, is he a Scientologist? Is he Zenu? I don't know. All I know is, fuck you, Joe Manchik. You destroyed this election for the Democrats. And you're you're from outer space? Go back there. <laughs> outer space. Go back to Look the Pleiades star cluster. We have, we have murderers. We have met. <laughs> Matricidal murderers, aliens. No, shut this all down. This is who's running for public office. We get what we deserve. We do not deserve good public officials. Shut it down. Okay, the next topic that we are experts on that people in like the zoological departments of the finest universities of the zoos and circuses of America <laughs> come to us. us. It's about it's about animals. I think we have an animal story pretty much every week. Every week. It's here, one of our favorite topics. We had to limit it down. It was terrible. We had to limit it down to the top three and and here they are. Rachel, you have one, right? Yeah. So um, you know, there's a lot of self care involving animals. Yeah. People have service animals and you know, there's a lot of talk this year about goat yoga. There was a book about it and several incidents involving goats. One of them gave birth while it was <laughs> while on top the- of a human who was in <laughs> right, downward so you do dog. Right, so yoga and the goat gets on your back. <laughs> right, and this yoga, this <laughs> goat... Like- 
shat out a baby. <laughs> yes, and it was a beautiful thing. Okay, and then Bill de Blasio banned goat yoga in Brooklyn. Um, Monster. And then there was the rise of reptile therapy, oh. which started in Indonesia and Israel and migrated, of course, to New York. I've heard that these um, these uh, reptiles, these snakes in Indonesia are very good at swallowing people and other snakes. Yes, there was a story we told about a human being that was totally swallowed by an anaconda. And then removed on Instagram. Right. And then a snake that ate another snake, which was a, a horrifying sight that I can never unsee. <laughs> no, we can never unsee those vibes. <laughs> videos they were terrible um but you know back to reptile therapy there's a snake sorceress and her name is serpentessa and she calls this experience a deep dive into sensual bliss she thinks there's nothing more relaxing than an anaconda <laughs> swirling on your back wait i remember that she's in westchester right yes. she's not in the in the magical eastern realm <laughs> She's in Westchester. She's in Eastern but I think Westchester. She also practices in Brooklyn now, too. Eastern Brooklyn. <laughs> so you can make an appointment. It's like, I don't know, a few hundred dollars per session. I can't think of anything less relaxing. I would not do this. You could not pay me to do this. No, no. It's it, This is terrible. And. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> could you imagine like trying to get like relieved of stress and having an anaconda like constricting around your neck? Thinking like this is the thing. This is And the she's popular. She has a wait list, right? Yes. You're on her newsletter. I I yes, and I emailed her because I was interested in finding out where I could go. Did she get back to you? She did. She said it's very popular. I need to like book months in advance. If I'm that stressed out <laughs> that I want a snake to like writhe around on my back, I'm not waiting six months. <laughs> okay. People are desperate to have animals help them with their insecurities, with their anxiety. There was a whole you know, bevy of stories this uh, this year about service animals on airlines. There were hedgehogs and squirrels, and finally the airlines walruses. walruses. <laughs> the, the airlines had to come up with a set <laughs> miniature of, horses. <laughs> miniature horses. The airlines had to come up with a set of regulations because otherwise everyone would be running amok with their animals. <laughs> there would be a zoo slum- on every plane, literally. So somehow um, peacocks were allowed. They were exempted. <laughs> they were exempted. I don't know how. There's a peacock lobby citizens united <laughs> somehow lobbied for peacocks and <laughs> so so it did bring a peacock on but like there's a problem of where do you put the peacock because it's one thing if it's a little doggy you put it in the case <laughs> so the question is you have to buy another seat for it so the, the, you can't put them in the overhead cabin no. so the real question that i was wondering about when we did the segment is what like where does it go and if it's going to be next to you it has to be in the middle seat and it can't be when it's made. It. <laughs> it can't be when it's made. Because you imagine if, like, you're in the window seat, it's <laughs> in the middle. You have to like get out to go to the bathroom. It's like it's it's tail feathers <laughs> are expanding while you're trying to sleep. Or if they're like, please move your tray table to the upright position, and like it's and it goes pecking, <laughs> pecking on it or somehow, or it just seems impractical. So no. The, Peacocks should be part of that that ban. They should not be exempted. I don't know how they sneak through. They're very clever. They're very sneaky. They're going to get through that slatted fence. They have some very able politicians <laughs> at City Hall. There's no way. They should not be on there. They have they too should, much influence. They have, they have influence. <laughs> the peacock lobby must be stopped. Must be stopped. There's one final thing. I mean, um, taking dogs, taking other animals on airplanes is problematic, even to the best it's of circumstances. We had a story that we talked about. Yeah, and that. so now I, I kind of understand why people want to bring a service animal on the plane, because when you put it below the plane, it's really scary, and you don't know when, where it's going to end up <laughs> or terrible. if it's going to arrive at the destination that you arrive at. So we told the story of this poor woman named Kara Swindle, who is from Oregon, and United Airlines mistakenly flew. I and mean, I love the. I did love, and I still love the name Kara Swindle. It is great. It's just the best name ever. <laughs> she was doing no swindling, and no, yet. no. So um, she she <laughs> they flew. United flew her German Shepherd to Japan, and she was going to Kansas City. So they went to a cargo facility to pick up their ten year old dog, Ergo. But instead, they were given a great day. 
And she said, listen, I may have been on a flight for a little while, but this crazy does not look like a German Shepherd. So they found the dog in Japan. The dog arrived. Was it running amok or was it in the airport? Narita Airport. And then they sent the dog back first class. Oh, very nice. (laughs) Give you Craig, give you an upgrade. Very nice. (laughs) Platinum status. So, no, United Airlines. No, that was a terrible story. That That stuck in my mind, too. Kara Swindle, we love you. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking United Airlines. Um, But, you know, I I just want to go off piste for a second while we're talking about animals. There was a there's a film on Netflix called Bird Box that everyone's talking about. <laughs> I read the about. book like three years ago and I loved it. Oh really? Well, yeah. the movie I didn't realize it was based on a book, yeah. but it's basically like the budget was twenty million dollars and it stars Sandra Bullock and they probably spent fifteen million dollars on <laughs> Sandra, Sandra Bullock, Bullock and five million it was on the shot, rest. Like inside of a house. <laughs> <laughs> And <laughs> on a United Airlines flight, <laughs> and it's like Sandra Bullock in a in a blindfold, and it was the worst. Oh no! And everyone's talking about how great like, it okay, is. Okay, no, no, no. Save that for next week when we're back into the. All right, but I feel like it's my personal responsibility <laughs> when the topic of birds come up to tell people not about the to bird waste box. their time. Do not watch the Bird Box. <laughs> watch <laughs> marvelous Mrs. Maisel instead. Yes. Okay. Okay. So fashion is another topic that we are experts in. People ask us for our opinions all the time. And Rachel, you are an expert as well, right? Yes, I used to cover fashion when I wrote for the Wall Street Journal. So I feel like I'm very attuned to the ins and outs of what's going on in the you, industry. You certainly are. We talked about it a lot this year on This Week in Nope. Tell us what uh, what sticks in your memory is the most important topics we <laughs> talked about. It's, you know, the fashion industry, You can a lot of people can laugh at it. And it is somewhat ridiculous and outrageous by design. Yes. Um, and... But it's just designers have gotten increasingly thirsty, just being completely outrageous just for the sake of being outrageous. That's right. And they do this on the uh, on the runways, on the big shows in Milan and New York and so Right, forth. right. And it's, I, I mean, you could argue that, that that's always been the case, but it's gotten even worse. Okay. And I'm going, Tell us so, about some of so those. So there were just some, like, runway show, like, starting in February, we saw Fashion Week for fall and Gucci, which is the most influential fashion house in the world, arguably showed severed heads on the runway. Of course. And then, and then there were, you know, drones with handbags on the runway at Dolce & Gabbana. There were straight jackets at Tom Brown with Hannibal Lecter masks. But I will say <laughs> that the I'm rushing. I'm I'm, I'm running, not walking the worst to the show. runway show. <laughs> the the most disastrous runway show that was shocking and shook me to my core took place in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Oh, the fashion capital, the fashion of the capital world. of the world. <laughs> yes, um, and we obviously know a lot more about Saudi Arabia now than we did. Back then, we've learned when a lot happened. about what a virtuous society it is, and at the forefront of fashion. <laughs> yes, and so women models are not allowed to appear in runway shows because men might it. see them. Right. right, men might see skin and just <laughs> explode into <laughs> flames. Of, I don't know. Fits we, of <laughs> desire. <laughs> so, um, you sent me this video of a runway show in Riyadh, and so there were no female models; there were just drones. But it was but female clothing. It was female clothing. It was instead of, you know, at Dolce Gabbana, they had drones showing just the handbag section. But in Riyadh, it was actual full-on garments <laughs> being were... flown around a circular runway by drones. So they looked... And just like their arms were flapping in the wind. <laughs> and they were going really fast. Like, nobody took note of like slowing it, so it was down like phantom models it was phantom models racing around it was like a <laughs> ghost race <laughs> a fashion ghost race and i remember like the head of the saudi fashion council was on cnn and was being interviewed and was like innovation is good but we're not going to try this again. No, it was a failure. It was, it it was, was a failure. It was haunting. But what about men's fashion? I mean, we did some of that, yes, right? Yes, there was some terrible men's fashion oh, this no. year as well. Like, there I'm was just one... looking for inspiration, something. The, okay, well, be inspired by this. <laughs> um, there was a menswear designer in London who put men on the runway in jeans and T-shirts with um, prosthetic Pregnancy bellies. Oh, I was looking for those. Just a thir- 
thirsty attempt to get like Instagram links, and here we are talking about it. And I'm we're just feeding into we're that. We're feeding Stop. into it. It's Stop terrible. Stop right no. now. Um, but that's not all. After the parade of the pregnant men, <laughs> this particular designer <laughs> the parade of pregnant men <laughs> put on the runway a trench coat with six arms. Oh, and there were actual prosthetic arms coming in out them. of it. In yes. Them. Okay. Yes. So who is supposed to wear this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> now, Unclear. A lot of these, like cerulean blue, like Devil Wears Prada, are supposed to trickle down into fast fashion, right? They're right. supposed to be like at H and M or Uniqlo. So the question is, what is that supposed to evolve into that you and I, as mere humans, can wear? I'm going to argue that that movie and that <laughs> idea. <laughs> Is no longer true. <laughs> that movie took place like a, a decade ago now. And I feel like now it's just like, how crazy can you be to get the most attention? And it gets some attention, but nobody's going to buy that garment. Nobody's going to buy their other garments. It's just nonsense. Somebody might buy it just to wear in the street and get attention. <laughs> okay, no, they're no. not. You know, I'm glad that at least men's fashion is getting some attention, though. I made my attempt to – I always try to look good. I always try to look a little schnazzy. Yeah. And, uh, and I found a new brand that I liked this year that I wore a lot, and um, you were having none of it. I, I know, and I didn't know that you were wearing it. And well, I, this, yeah. is a, it this was... is an epic moment in Nope. <laughs> and uh, so uh, we, were, we were making fun of this brand called Untucket. And the advertising, it was because the advertising, you were making fun of it, it was because the advertising was this guy walking down the street saying, it was like a bro guy. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't wear my shirts tucked in, I like to wear them tucked out, and we're disrupting shirts. (laughs) We're innovating. We're innovating is the least of it. He was disrupting shirts. (laughs) Right. Right. And Rachel was- I was horrified by it. Really down on this. Because you go to Tribeca- and you see all these guys walking around with their shirts untucked. And I think it's just a terrible look in general. And wait, and there's no way to replicate this moment. Here's what happened. That horrible company whose product is like a war crime. <laughs> You've set the bar pretty high a, there. A sartorial war crime. It's um, Untuck It. <laughs> <laughs> Are you familiar with this? Are you I'm wearing, wearing one? <laughs> oh my god, you're wearing one? I love Brian, them. I no. Love them. No. Oh my god, are you I get serious? So many compliments. Are you, they fit me wonderfully. They're are, reasonably priced. Are you seriously wearing you're one? You're saying I'm committing a crime against a genocide <laughs> against fashion. Look. I was shamed. I was totally shamed know, by this. This sorry. was terrible. I can't believe I you did this to me. And thereafter, I wore the. I mean, I wore these to work, and people would like laugh at me and said, "I thought you weren't going to wear untuckets anymore." And here I was wearing untuckets, and uh, I, I, I make no apology. I guess I really like them. Now, granted, they do shrink a little bit, which is the sign of a. It's a lesser l- garment. It's a less, less than premium <laughs> garment, but I blew my entire budget for this year and next. Uh, my shirt budget on on tuckets, and uh, I'm gonna live with them, and I like them. Listen, if I could get you to wear on tucket shirts like once less a week, then my job has been done here. Okay, that's the end of our best of worst of 2018. But, you know, sometimes when you do these best of worst of kind of podcasts, radio broadcasts, sometimes something slips right under the wire at the last few minutes after you've sort of decided your programming. And something did. And we teased it at the top of the show. And Rachel, you're going to tell us about it, right? Yep. Yeah. So like all of this whole year has been happening in the background of Me Too and I, you know, yeah, I, we left that out. We talked about that a we've lot. We've talked about it a lot. But what remains to be said, really? It's just, it's, it's not funny enough it's, to it's, talk about. It's today, not funny. But. It's terrible. It's awful. And I, you know, I, I was working with this executive who sent out an email saying, in the aftermath of Me Too. And I was like, the aftermath? It's not we're, over. We're right in the fucking middle of it. And, and there's more stuff coming out every day. And then this came out. So, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> okay. The last time we heard from Kevin Spacey, was in October of 2017 when he apologized to Anthony Rapp, who was the actor who accused Kevin Spacey of sexually assaulting him back when he was a teenager about, I don't know, 20 or 30 years ago. And Kevin used that opportunity, as one does, to come out of the closet, which oh, was d- that's a despicable. great opportunity. He's only had a career of 50 years yes. with which to do that. 
Right. And we so, all knew. Right. So, in, you know, so he basically was assuming that, you know, because he's gay, this is why this happened. No, Kevin. Persecution. Yeah. Okay. So fast forward. I am forward. gay. I am not persecuted. Mm. I have not molested anyone. No. Right. That is not an excuse. No. So um, fast forward to this week when Kevin Spacey <laughs> tweeted a YouTube video out of nowhere <laughs> in which he's like wearing this apron that's covered in like sort of Christmas elves or something. It's it's a very hideous apron. And he's cooking dinner. He's making like a turkey in a kitchen. I guess it's his own kitchen. Yeah. But it's very Human poor, touch. It's very Human poorly touch. decorated and the lighting is really bad. And he is seems to be coming out of the closet in a new way <laughs> as the Netflix character. As, and as Frank, Frank Underwood. Underwood. <laughs> so Frank Underwood, for those of you who don't watch House of Cards, is a diabolical politician who starts becomes, as a congressman, becomes president. Yes, blah, and, blah. He, and right, and he's a murderer and whatever. And so I don't know. And so in the voice of Frank and Underwood, he addresses he addresses the crowd. Like the as if anyone wants to hear from him or has not already made up their mind about him in Frank Underwood's voice and and personality. Yes, and he's basically saying like, "Don't believe everything you hear," and you never really liked me as an innocent person. I'm no I, as like, a Frank Underwood person. No, no, this is already too much. You, you know, I guess watch this. Video. Don't watch it. Don't give him the credibility we'll, we'll of the play viewers. A clip. <laughs> well, we already, we already did. did. We already but. did. No, but this is no. This is a. You know what this is? This is a teaser of what we have coming in 2019 because we're wrapping up 2018 too. And people say like, you, you know, you've you've hit everything. What is what what is there left to talk no, about? It's, it's right. It's, it's just starting. It's just starting. And so this, I have to say that this whole YouTube thing happened on a day that Kevin Spacey was accused of he was charged for sexually assaulting another teenager. And so this was his defense. Oh, I didn't realize there's a new. There's charge. a new okay. charge. So yeah. this was his defense. So instead of apologizing like he did almost a little over a year ago, he's taken the opposite approach. So we can expect to see fighting back and the whole Kavanaugh histrionic. Go ahead, try. Yeah. Go ahead, try. No, no. shut it down. You're a fucking piece of shit. Yes. Kevin Spacey. Um, you know what, Rachel? It's time. Normally at this point in the podcast, which is more than an hour long, we do our yups. But today... Uh, being in the New Year's spirit, we're going to do our resolutions. Yes. These are the things that, you know, we're looking forward. They give us hope. They give us joy to think joy and forward hope and, and nourishment. So this is my uh, resolution for the year. I'm going to take my inspiration from the New York subways, from MTA, which is si ves algo, di algo, which is if you see something, say something. If I see something, which I do, I'm going to do something. Do something. So, yeah, yeah. So I spend a lot of time talking on this podcast, and I hope that, you know, I tell myself I'm spreading the word, I'm inspiring other people to do things but you know enough of that it's time for me to do something and I don't, I don't know what that is yet i'm gonna look to you our dear listeners i'm gonna look to you rachel to help guide yes, me on this but i'm help. i'm primed i'm ready to do something and hopefully by this time next year at the year end 2019 i'll be able to report back to you here's what i did here's what to make a difference you know in the next two years it's huge huge difference it could mean the difference between whether we have a democracy that we've restored and if the worst things happen, we may not even be able to have a podcast. We might not have the freedom of speech anymore. So, so this is yeah, absolutely, this is absolutely critical. critical. So that's my resolution. Rachel, what's yours? My resolution is um, pretty simple. <laughs> it's to read more books and explore more long-form content instead of being glued to my phone and scrolling and looking at Twitter all the time, which is definitely an addiction. I need to break out of that habit and just... Read more books. So let's be specific. How many books are you going to read? So I'm going to read 20 books. This year, I read 14 books. Not bad. Um, I'm currently finishing my 14th book. It's the biography of Robert Mueller, who is our <laughs> finest living, living human. Prosecutor. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, you know, next year, I'm going to read a mix of fiction and nonfiction. Right, they're both important because nonfiction gives you the facts that you need to understand the world. And fiction gives you a sense of seeing the world through other people's eyes and, and empathy, stories and, and empathy. And that's yes. that's Extremely virtuous. I wish you luck. I'll try Thank to keep you. you to that resolution. I'm very excited. Well, it's the end of the year, and you know what we have to do? We want to say some thank yous. I'm going to start off by saying thank you to our executive producer, Karen Novak. Karen, yes, you started you, you, Karen. Karen, you started with us when we were nothing. And now we're huge. <laughs> and uh, 
We thank you for supporting us, for tweeting about us, for sending us topic ideas, for just giving us a little boost, uh, a little emotional boost uh, when we needed it. So thank you, uh, Karen. Yes. You know, we've also had great guests, we've Rachel. We've had amazing guests this year. We've had Brian Moylan and Lauren Duca, Walt Mossberg, Lauren Good, who came on twice, Siraj Patel, Carrie Flynn, Katie Rossman. Aaron Wolf, Mike Sulba, and Bevy Smith, all of these people. How do we get on. all those people? How do we trick those people to be on this Fakakta podcast? Sorcery and manipulation <laughs> and mind tricks. Um, and last of all, we wanted to thank our spouses and families for putting up with our nonsense. And Yeah, Doug, thank you so much. You know, you come home from work and we're sitting here doing this ridiculous nonsense and you probably go out and hide, but then you listen and you're very helpful and you're very tolerant and thank you so much. And Rachel, your family as well. Yes, right? and, and Josh, you always watch AJ when I'm here late and you listen to every episode and give me feedback and your parents too watch my, AJ, right? My parents help and pitch in and my dad listens to every episode and even though I sometimes make fun <laughs> of him and my mom on the My um, parents as well. Yeah. I mean it's amazing. This is typically would not be their kind of thing, but they listen to every single episode and they love it and they love the the chemistry that we have and they always comment on it. I really appreciate and very that. Supportive. And my sister Stephanie in Berlin who had our first ask nope question and um so thanks to everybody well thank you all of you for listening we get so much great feedback you know people don't realize it means so much to us when you come up to us and acknowledge a segment or say this made you laugh or this made you think the very fact that you listen means so much to us and we started this on a on an iphone for six minutes and it meant nothing and here we on are a wing and a prayer <laughs> At best, at best, a prayer, a wing. We have no wings. <laughs> um, so here we are. We're going into 2019. We commit to you to always do better, always find the topics that you need to know about. We're like John Stewart, right? Like the old John Stewart. We like, try to be. We right? aspire. We should be your source we, of news. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a terrible, terrible year, and yet. What a wonderful year to be a podcaster. We've had a great time. It's been a privilege to uh, to speak with you all every week. Yes, thank you all for listening. And um, please, if you love this podcast, write us a review, give us a rating, give us your feedback. And most of all, have a happy new year. Thank yes. you for listening. This has been This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend? We got a lot in common.